The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Garen Perro has a focus on the junior mining sector with an emphasis on juniors with a good story to tell. With that in mind, today we're going to catch up with Greg Smith on the other side of the microphone. Greg is uh, a director of Hawkstone Mining. We'll be asking Greg to bring us up to speed on Hawkstone's high-grade gold projects in Idaho in the US and a bit of an update on their lithium projects in Arizona. Now, as listeners know, the strategy of bringing some modern-day exploration nows to former high-grade operations has proved to be a recipe for success in the Australian mining scene. Names like Bellevue, Spectrum and Egan Street come to mind in recent times. Hawkstone is pursuing a similar strategy at its Lone Pine Gold Project, which is about 10 kilometres west of Salmon. It was last mined back as a high-grade producer in 1907, would you believe? Now, recently, Hawkstone added the nearby King Solomon mine to the story making for a bigger high-grade gold play on what's known as the Trans-Chalice Fault System, a system that stretches across Idaho and is responsible for probably 9 million ounces of gold production between the 1860s and the 1980s. Now, Hawkstone is trading at 1.6 cents for a market cap of about 19.5 million at the moment, and it trades under the code HWK or Hotel Whiskey Kilo. Now, the share price is well up on the 0.6 cents a share level at the start of the year before Hawkstone started the push into Idaho. So from that, we can take that investors are warming to the story. And with that, I'm going to say good day to Greg and welcome him to the show. Good day, Gary. Thank you very much for having me. Good on you, good on you Greg. Now, uh, it's nice to uh, start out these things, Greg, if we can just get a feel for um, a bit of your background and uh, how long you've been with the company and uh, that sort of thing, your experience in the industry. Uh, well, I started out doing a geology degree in uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, in Canada. Uh, left there many years ago, moved to Africa, and finally across to Australia. Uh, that led into me doing a lot of work back in Africa, and I was the exploration manager for Moto Gold Mines at the uh, Moto Gold Project, which is now the Kabali Mine uh, right. by Anglo Gold Ashanti and uh, uh, Barrick. Yeah, it is. It's the eighth largest uh, gold mine in the world. I think up around three quarters of a million ounces per annum production. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I was running a couple other companies here in Australia with uh, projects in Africa. And uh, then the mine uh, industry kind of uh, went into a downturn and I took some time uh, off and uh, semi-retirement. And then Paul Lloyd came along and said, what are you doing? Um, and I joined up with him in Hawkstone. And at that time, he had the uh, Big Sandy project in Arizona, and we figured out how we were going to approach the exploration on that. And I was the man on the ground. I was the uh, chief technical officer with Hawkstone at that time. And, um, of course, we all know the story of that. We drilled it around just over 30,000 tons of uh, LCE equivalent. It's got potential for kind of that uh, two and a half to four million tons of LCE there. Uh, Mm -hmm. That project's presently on hold. 
but we're still looking at doing pilot testing, et cetera, on that one. Uh, then early this year, with the move into the gold, which was uh, both Idaho and uh, Western Desert, uh, I was uh, asked to join the company as a director, and uh, Law Ford moved into the more hands-on uh, technical role on the geology side. Right. Okay. You must find operating in uh, the US a bit easier than uh, Africa. I don't know. Uh, this swings Plus around the boats. You know, uh, Africa was quite nice in that you could go in, talk to the chief, uh, bring mm -hmm. the D6 in, clear the drill lines, and be drilling within a couple of days, whereas in the US or similar to here, you have to put in the applications and make sure you do all the right things. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, there's... Yeah, there's there's good things to both. I mean, you don't have malaria in the U.S. You got decent accommodation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> right. Now, uh, Lone Pine um, might be a good point to uh, just run through a bit of its history and um, where you're at with the uh, well the rejuvenation of a what a hundred year old plus uh, gold mine. Yeah. Okay. Well, the Lone Pine project was something that I looked at. Uh, was it mid last year sometime, Paul ran it past me and I said, well, look, it looks very interesting. Uh, it was on pat patented claims, which are basically private land, which means you own the surface rights and the mineral rights, uh, mm -hmm. which means you can go in and drill and do what you want on that patented land. And uh, there was a, an old resource report that said there was 71,000 ounces of gold there, which was basically confined to a, a narrow quartz vein on the football. Uh, the person who authored that report also said that there was excellent potential uh, in the hanging wall, which was basically broken quartz and gougy material. Um, so we Paul progressed it on the uh, on the uh, corporate side, and uh, I looked at it on the geological side. And uh, Paul finally put a deal together, and then we that led into the drilling this year. But also at the same time, we were speaking to the people from Gervois and uh, progressing the King Solomon model on, which was four planes 900 meters to the southeast of the Lone Pine Vein. Right. The Lone Pine Vein uh, has a similar geological strike to the Trans Chalice Fault System and to Bear Track, which is about five miles to the west. So it's all trending northeast. Very strong structural features through the northeast trends. Mm. Um, now, we knew when we went in that the Lone Pine wasn't going to be a monster open pit. It was, we were looking at a narrow, high-grade underground scenario, similar to what you said with Spectrum. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically, it had never been drilled before. The last mine in 1907, as you said, uh, and it needed drilling. So we just tried to figure out how we were going to do that. Uh, initially, this year, we started out drilling okay, with a smaller rig, trying to do shallow holes just to prove up the strike of the mineralization and that right. was consistent in every hole. Okay, the recoveries from that drilling, which was within Q-Core, were fairly poor, especially through the mineralized zone and in the shallow holes where you have very high oxidization, everything's weathered and it's just turned to rubble. Right. Uh, but even with that, we still had a couple of decent results from uh, that drilling. LPD-1, the first drill hole, Average 17 grams over 1.22 meters, which included 0.3 at 65 in the quartz vein zone. Wow. Um, then you've got LPD2 that dropped a meter and a half a core in the guts of the thing, in the guts of the mineralized zone. So I didn't expect much from that. Three intersected as void, which is interpreted to be a stope. And the other two holes done with the smaller rig um, 
have very poor recoveries, a bit of anomalous stuff in there, but just poor recoveries. But it showed that that zone extended over 500 meters, which is what we wanted to find out. We brought in a larger rig. Since then, we're drilling deeper holes and we're getting better core recovery. Um, and we're getting numbers that we that I would expect. Uh, you're not going to have every hole being a couple meters at 60 grams uh, and it's coarse gold. So mm -hmm. you're going to expect that up and down in the grade, going mm -hmm. from probably three or four grams up to 40, 50 grams. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just going to be the grade variability through these things. And I've seen it before, quite used to it. Uh, many places I've seen where you drill one hole and you get an ex excellent result, you drill the next hole, same vein, and you get a zero. Yeah. And you just got to say, well, it's the same vein, mine them out. Mm. Um, so we're continuing drilling on that. Uh, we've just finished another hole this morning, and we'll be going on to deeper holes now that will uh, up, be up at the northern end. So mm. we hope to complete this field season with at least three or four more holes before the snow kicks us out of there. Right. So um, I'm talking to you from uh, Victoria, uh, Melbourne, Victoria, where, of course, the Victorian gold fields are notorious for the nugget effect or the yep. coarse gold effect. Uh, so in the medium term, would you be looking to uh, uh, get a bulk sample or you uh, keep drilling to firstly ascertain the, st uh, the strike length of the vein? Uh, I think the drilling will be the one berry. We know that it's a mesothelial vein, so it's going to have good depth capacity. We know that a bear track over to the west, uh, they were down 500 meters and still getting very, very good results. So I think with this one, it would be get the drilling right. And now that we are drilling HQ core triple tube, we are getting decent recoveries. Um, so we're just going to have to continue with that, do the deeper mm. drilling, do it with HQ3, make sure we get in the recoveries and put the package together. Now, Added to that is the King Solomon area, which is just to the southeast of that. Um, and that was drilled back in the early 90s, 1992 to be exact. And uh, they had some good results, but the drilling there, they did 16 holes, and they used a very small IC rig mounted on the back of a pickup truck uh, with a compressor off to the side. All the sampling was wet. It was done at 45 degrees. But they still come up with a few decent results, and they never really hooked it together or followed up with anything. Um, I mean, they had 115 meters there, 0.4, 53, 0.5, and there was one hole with had 18 and 3.75. So mm. our plan is is to get in there next field season next year with uh, the HQ3 and uh, twin these holes and mm -hmm. uh, see what the true grade is and which what is the orientation of this? It was drilled with an RC reef. We'd have no idea in orientation, what the geology is doing, what the alteration is doing. So, yeah, it, it'll really be first-pass drilling trying to figure out the King Solomon area. I mean, we're yeah. also getting some excellent chip sample results back from there. Just recent results reported uh, this morning. I mean, 92.7, 69.5 in the King Solomon area. And those were in two different areas within the King Solomon claims. Uh, the 92.7 was actually very close to the hole that drilled 18 at 3.75, which included two very high-grade intercepts in there. You mentioned the the drilling. That was in the 90s, was it? Yes, it was. Right, so gold price wasn't supportive at the time. No, it wasn't. Actually, I think it was 96 that the Bear Track mine closed down because of a falling gold price. Hmm. And pretty much nothing has happened since? Uh, Bear Track is being drilled right now by Re Revival Gold. I believe they just raised 10 or 20 million Canadian. 
Uh, it's okay. a Canadian company, and they're in there, and they'll be drilling through the winter on that one. Right. And uh, sorry, King Solomon, that has a historic production history as well? Uh, no, it doesn't. Uh, they went in and they put three edits in. Uh, there's a western edit, a central edit, and a northeast edit. And uh, they cross-cut the vein in a couple and then drove along the vein in one. Uh, whether it drove along the vein, they got 62 meters averaging, 62 meters length of vein in the drive of mm. the 2.36. Um, so the goals there, it's really a matter uh, of figuring it out. I mean, we just did rock chip sampling in between the Lone Pine and the King Solomon zones, which both trend northeast. Right. And uh, we picked up 15.7 and 11.15. So mm. there's gold in between the two zones. And I think... As you said previously, it was the early 90s. Everybody had gone in. The gold price was falling. They lost interest. Yeah. Um, if the gold price remains where it is, this area has huge potential. I mean, we're now sampling throughout the area, and uh, we're picking up decent numbers from rock chip sampling all over the place, not related to the Lone Pine or the King Solomon trains. Mm. Now, there's a big northeast train going through. It's going to take time to figure this whole thing out. It's not a small one little mineralized vein, it's a whole set of veins. It's a complete package. We know from the airborne magnetics uh, data that we got from the previous explorers, that was done by Tech uh, in joint venture with the people with Frontier Corp who held the claims at the time. There's some very big, very strong magnetic features uh, within the claim group uh, related to anomalous rock chips. Now, nobody ever looked at that. Nobody's followed it up. Nobody's drilled it. There's just a lot of work to do, Barry, a lot. Okay. So obviously, um, well, a lot to pursue there. And uh, to that end, I see that uh, there's an announcement today, actually, that you've increased the land holding at uh, Lone Pine, uh, well, what it says here, by 233%. But we're talking, yeah. you, know, you picked up what, uh, uh, adjacent ground or? Adjacent ground. What we've done is basically covered uh, the big bank anomalies, which are related to intrusives. And uh, looking in the alteration zones around those, and we've included the strike extent, the northeast strike extent and southwest strike extent of the Lone Pine King Solomon Main system. So, mm -hmm. 250 claims in total. That's around 20 story kilometers. Right. And the uh, claim system over there is a bit novel to uh, uh, people used to the Australian mining scene. Um, you talked about it being uh, going to private ownership. Does, uh, does that aid uh, in terms of uh, accessibility uh, when it comes to exploration? Well, the patent acclaim system, I believe the last patent acclaims were granted in the 70s, 80s. Mm. Um, so they no longer exist. Now you either deal with, BL, well, you deal with BLM, which is the Bureau of Land Management, mm -hmm. and you're allowed to stake claims, which are uh, 1,500 by 600 feet. Uh, they're basically 20 acres each. Uh, you go along, you put pegs in the corners and the monument posts in between the pegs and you put your uh, a little capsule on there with a little paper in it that tells you what claim it is, what time it was uh, staked at, et cetera, et cetera. And that's all registered with the county and then with the BLM. And then every year you pay a fee to the BLM to keep that claim. And that amounts to around 200 US per annum per claim. Okay. Yeah. And you do not have to do any reporting whatsoever. Um you just pay your money. BLM doesn't want to know what you're doing. <laughs> God bless them. Uh, <laughs> so you're uh, 
pretty sure now that you've got uh, coverage of the ground you want, or do you intend increasing the, the ground positions from here on? I think that with the Lone Pine, King Solomon area that we've got there, that Lone Pine project in general, we've got enough land position there. Now it's a matter of exploring it properly in a step-by-step logical manner. Uh, our first target, of course, is the Lone Pine vein zone, which has never been drilled by anybody else. Uh, mm. Never been explored by anybody else since 1907. It's given us some very good numbers. We know it's not huge. It's not going to be, you know, 30 meters at five or 10 grams, but it's going to be something that you can follow easily, and you should be able to put together a decent jork resource at a decent grade. Mm. Which obviously leads to what would the um, uh, what would be the vision in terms of potential future production would. Uh, would it be toll treatment at uh, other operations or would uh, a small uh, operation with a uh, company built stand Well, the thing is you've got Revival Gold five miles away. Um, mm-hmm. If they go into production, there's a mill sitting right there where you could do toll treatment. Uh, mm-hmm. There's also other toll treatment options within 100 miles of where we are. And if we come up with anything near the, the historic grade by from previous uh, uh, resource done by Gulovic of uh, 18 grams at a ton. you got your choice of where you'd like to send this material. Mm. Yeah, because I think that uh, that resource estimate, the non-jork, as we say nowadays, was 1935, and I think it was about yeah. uh, 72,000 ounces around yeah. 18 grams a ton, uh, which is nice dirt. <laughs> you can truck that five miles, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but I was just wondering, in, your, in the company's mind, what sort of – do you have a sort of – ounce in the ground production uh, resource base that you would you see yourselves being able to kick off a project on? Uh, I'd say in the US you could probably do it quite easily with uh, you know a couple hundred to fifty thousand ounces. If you've got high grade underground dirt you could do it very easily and truck mm. it to a mill somewhere. Now mm. that the stuff we're drilling is on patented claims, which means that's private land. We own yep. mineral rights down to the center of the earth and we can basically do what we want on those claims within certain restrictions. You're not allowed yeah. to pollute the waterways, et cetera, no. et cetera. But we can take every tree off those patent claims if we want to mm. okay. develop how we want. Right. Um, I mentioned earlier it was, we were talking about 10 kilometres west of the town of uh, Salmon. Yep. Is, is uh, the area known for its fisheries? Uh, it is, actually. Uh, they have a, a fairly large industry based on the, uh, the San- well whatever type of fish there are in the river and salmon. Yep, presume it's salmon. And presume it's salmon, exactly. I can't say I've ever been there. Our uh, exploration manager, Lyle, has been oh, there. Oh, you'd be too busy for that. Eh? <laughs> I have been, actually. The last time I was in the U.S., uh, I was over in, what was that, last November. So that was just before this whole COVID thing started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I'll be going there anytime soon. No. <clears throat> okay. Now, um, I mentioned earlier that, uh, well, up until uh, last year when the company took a, a bit of a strategic decision to put the lithium on hold down in Arizona there um, to mark its time, I guess, until the market inevitably turns. I was just wondering, can you give us an update on what is happening down with that uh, down in Arizona with that project? Okay, the uh, Big Sandy project, well, as you probably know and uh, people are following probably know, um, we drilled it off. We did a total of 32 drill holes there in a drill load. Uh, those were in 100-meter spacings down to the base of mineralization. Uh, mineralization itself 
is flat line. You've got about uh, seven, five to 10 meters, I'd say, of colluvium on top of the mineralization. Mineralization is flat line, continuous as can be. There's an upper and a lower zone, but that's only separated by a small interval of up to five meters. Um, it's sedimentary hosted lithium. Uh, the average grade on what we drilled out was 1850 ppm. It's not going to require any drill and blast. And uh, we've got an old engineer based in Phoenix who's uh, been looking at logistics and ways to do things. And uh, he's also been uh, lining up people in different companies, uh, evaluating the uh, potential for doing uh, pilot scale testing and mm -hmm. uh, doing some bench test work to see how we're going to recover, what process routes we're going to use, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, we've also at this time uh, had an environmental group out of Phoenix do uh, an environmental survey of the whole area because we want to do further drilling in there. Uh, and that requires what they call a, a POO, it's a proposal of exploration or POE rather. Uh, and prior to that, you have to do the environmental, lay your drill holes out, then that application goes to the BLM and gets approved. That process is just about finished. So we'll have that in place uh, when, if and when the lithium price turns uh, to do more drilling. We've got everybody lined up to do the pilot scale testing and included mm. in that POE is also uh, an application to do a bulk test pit. So we'll be able to take out 100 tons of material to send it away. Uh, we've already got considerable samples sitting in uh, Kingman, 70 miles from the project. Uh, that remains from the uh, diamond drilling we did there uh, mm. last year. Yeah, so a project or well, pretty much dressed up and ready to go once the lithium yep. market turns, which depending on who you talk to, everyone seems to think around 22, 23. Um, yes. Electric vehicles take off. Um, which seems well, to have the thing is it's perfectly placed because you're halfway between the Gigafactory and Reno and halfway between the new mega or terror factory or whatever they're calling it in austin texas <laughs> yeah and it uh, doesn't hurt to have uh, anything made in america nowadays no it doesn't i mean you know they're looking at strategic minerals well this is strategic and strategic location so so i feel well set with that one and the way i look at it it's a sleeper it's sitting there it's not going anywhere we just have to pay our claim fees every year and in the future it will have a value right now the market is giving it very little value now, it's funny how these things work. Um, if you turn the clock back, I don't know, 12, 18 months, you could justify the current market cap on Big Sandy alone. And now you've got, you could say the same about the uh, Lone Pine um, uh, project as well. So, yeah. What would be nice would be uh, for lithium to take off. Uh, gold's holding up nicely. So yeah, you could have uh, two strings to your bow. Uh, yeah. Well, we essentially have three strings to the bow because we also have the Western Desert Project. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Okay. That's 250 claims. Uh, Western Utah. Um, mm. It's sitting in the, the same geological terrain as the Carlin Trend. Okay. It's part of that big uh, yeah. carbonate sequence. Uh, we're 50 kilometers east of the Lone Pine mine. Uh, Lone Pine is held, uh, owned by Newmont. It was brought from uh, Frontier Gold Inc. It was a VXE listed company in 2012 for 2.2 billion. And mm -hmm. there's 2.95 billion ounces of resource there. Almost identical to this one. Similar geology, similar everything. Uh, we've done the first stage 
uh, exploration program at Western Desert, which was uh, photogeological interpretation and also stream sediment geochemistry and uh, quite a bit of rock chip sampling while the guys were doing the stream seds. Uh, the photogeological gave us 11 targets uh, and that combined with uh, the geochemistry, the stream sediment geochemistry, resulted in us taking another 218 claims to basically cover the whole crater island and taking up three state leases, which are one by one mile blocks. Mm. Uh, yeah, and with the targets that we found, the geochemistry and the photogeological interp, those have fit together perfectly. And mm. they bear a lot of resemblance to what you see over in the Carlin trend. You take a look at the Carlin trend, the rodeo and bets deposits, uh, they're 26 million ounces in total. Mm. And they were originally found as low order geochemistry. And the guys went in and drilled uh, the structure and the geochemistry and came up with these things. So they were essentially blind, blind mm. deposits. So the intention would be um, to uh, proceed with that one on a 100% basis or bring in a joint, joint venture partner perhaps? Well, right now what we're doing, Barry, we've got a guy out there and he's just finished off the tertiary drainage sampling. So we did the preliminary one looking at the big streams, and now we're into the smaller streams, trying to identify the true target areas, hone in on them. And he was doing rock sampling while he was up there as well. So that's just finished. Those samples have gone into the lab in Elko, uh, the ALS lab there, and uh, hope to have those results, the way results are moving in the U.S. right now in about two months. <laughs> it's pretty slow. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the way I look at Western Desert, it's elephant country. You don't know what you're going to come up with out there. Nobody's really looked at it before. There's been scratching around, but there's no drill holes, no real exploration. Mm. It's could right be anything. It could be anything. That's exactly it. I mean, what amazes me in the U.S. is here in Australia, you have people looking at these areas and coming up with ideas. I mean, you look at the Greatland Gold uh, nucleus yep. thing right now and all that stuff up there. There's nobody in the U.S. except in the Carlin Trend where they understand the structure and the geology that's drilling these deep holes and looking for these monsters, eh? Yeah, no, that's a good point. Good point. Yeah. Okay. Um, so just to wrap it up, what uh, in the next month or two, what should investors be looking out for? Okay, well, we'll be getting uh, the rest of the drill results dribbling in over time. I've got to realize that we've only got one drill rig working there. Uh, so it's it's not as if we were a degree with six drill rigs working or like when I was a moto, we had five drill rigs going, core coming out of our ears. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's a slower process, but we will get there. Um, we're also looking at other projects. I mean, that's a continuous process for a junior mine company assessing other projects. You never know what's going to come across your table. True. Very, very true. Yeah. Okay, folks, here we got it. A very interesting mix of uh, high-grade gold there in uh, Idaho, uh, the Western Desert thing. Could be uh, anything, of course. And in the background, lithium. Who knows what 2021 will bring there? Well, fingers are crossed, and I'm hoping for the best. <laughs> Thanks for your time today, and uh, best wishes with it all, and we'll, uh, keep a, we'll keep watching with interest. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Barry. Thank you very much.